it is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane. So shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Welcome back, Three Drink Minimum Podcast, episode eight in three. So, forty-five to ten, blowout, massacre, beatdown. Uh, Arizona is just not a good team, so we don't have to spend too much time on them. But we can just talk about how the Chargers performed and just how everything kind of went and how we got to the score. So let's start there. Ten to nothing, Chargers get down. So uh, Cardinals march down the field get a touchdown the very first drive and, and did it relatively easy. Nine plays, 76 yards, and the 25-yard the touchdown pass to Larry Fitzgerald. Nobody really around him. So the Cardinals, if you kind of look at their past few games, they actually do come out of the gate swinging like that. So not too worried. Um, once they get off script is when they really start to uh, – when they start start to show their face of – who they really are as a team. I think what I had more of a problem with is not the Charger or not the Chargers defense coming out and giving up an opening drive touchdown, but the Chargers offense coming out and going three and out. So run the ball, run the ball, sack. That's not good. And it looked like Robert Kimdiche and just Chandler Jones, the defensive line in general, was going to have their way. So Give up a touchdown. Next, come out three and out. And then Arizona gets the ball back. And they drive again. So um, eight plays this time. So 31 yards. And then they're able to 
you get the field goal. So 10 nothing before you can blink, Chargers get the ball back, and that's when everything kind of went back to normal, and the Chargers were able to get a touchdown drive. Uh, that was where – so I, I actually missed this one. I had funny – so I had left when it was 10 to nothing, thinking, all right, man. First of all, I thought it was going to be one of those kind of games where it would be a blowout. So I ended up leaving and thinking, all right, maybe I need to go grab something a little more stronger than Diet Dr. Pepper. But I was listening to it a little bit on the radio and heard that uh, Mike Williams had a touchdown. So that's nice. And then after that, here are the Cardinals drives on offense after the Chargers touchdown. Three and out, punt. Four plays, seven yards, missed field goal. First play, interception, uh, punt, 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 turnover on down. So uh, that defense really came to play. And, yeah, they're not very good on offense, but you have to make them not very good. And the Chargers did a good job of that. So they shook off a poor start, scored 45 unanswered, and they got – contributions from the guys that they need to be getting contributions from. So if you just take a look at the Chargers first round picks over the last four, four years, they all came to play. So we have 2018 Derwin James obviously had the interception. Uh, He had a big knockdown in the end zone or just right where Arizona was about to score on third down prevented a touchdown. So two big plays there. And I believe Derwin also led the team in tackles today with uh, seven total. They just put so much on his plate that it's really unfair for how much they ask him to do and just all the things he has to do around the line of scrimmage as far as just fighting off blocks on these screens and getting over blocks on these run plays and still having to play man coverage and blitz. He just does so many different things, and. For him to be able to handle all all the things that they ask him to do and for him to be able to handle all those things and do it at a play at a very high level is pretty uh, signs of a pretty good player on our hands. So uh, it's really impressive to see James out there. But uh, last last year's first rounder, so 2017, Mike Williams. So his stat line is four for 25, which, no, that's not great. But the stat line that really matters is two touchdowns and – If you are familiar with watching the Chargers, you know that going from 20 to 20 is not a problem at all. Getting the ball in the end zone, converting touchdowns into field goals is the problem. And, man, if Mike Williams can be that guy for the Chargers, they have a really good shot to play deep into January, just if they can get that kind of production in the red zone. So, um, like I mentioned, they don't have any problems moving the ball. They are at, coming into the game yesterday, or sorry, today. Um, coming into the game, they were 56% in the red zone touchdown conversion percentage. So that is good for 20th in the NFL. That is not going to cut it. And just looking below them, the only real playoff team that's lower than them is the Minnesota Vikings. But um, if you're just looking at the top of that list, uh, Pittsburgh is two at 77, the Saints 73% at four. Um, th- there's a, a couple other AFC teams, or sorry, just big teams in general, like the Chiefs are six. But 
yeah, I mean, they just have to be better in the red area, and they were, and Mike Williams was a big part of that. So if they can if they can trust him to make plays and if he can come up with these plays because he's had an opportunity, but um, he's going to have to convert those, and he did that against the Cardinals. So that is nice. And 2016 first-round draft pick, Joey Bosa. Bosa, two sacks today. Man, he looks good. He looks good. I can't wait to see snap counts come out to see exactly how much he played. He finished the game with two sacks, man. He is uh, – I think he had a couple other pressures in there. He's just tough to deal with. And when we see him and Ingram line up on the same side, it gets fun. And for fun, I mean not for the offense. I'll be interested to see next week against the Steelers if we get a little – Melvin over the guard, Joey Bosa over the tackle, and Derwin James coming from somewhere, whether he's in between those two or on the outside, uh, just get up all in Big Ben's grill. I'm going to be interested to see how that works. But, yeah, Bosa, two sacks, man. Uh, The Chargers have actually been really good at just pressuring the offenses this year. I think they were, like, top ten coming into the game. They have been very not good at actually bringing down the quarterback. I think they are 27th in adjusted sack rate, just struggling to actually bring down the quarterback. And and that ends drives in. We saw that. We saw that happen today in the game. Both of Bosa's sacks were on third down. That's how you get off the field, sack the quarterback. So uh, really good to have Bosa back. And, man, he just – he really puts them on another level. And it's really – it's it's obvious to see what he means to this defense, even with just a few other guys that are not playing. And then obviously the year before that, 2015, Melvin Gordon. Oh man, that, that play was pretty frustrating to, so just like the, the train of thought in that, for that play where Gordon got hurt on. So it seems like they, once a game over the last four or five games, They'll run that little reverse play, double reverse, into the boundary. And whether it's Keenan Allen throwing the ball and things going wrong, somebody throwing it to Rivers and Rivers getting sacked, or like today, Gordon being exposed to a hit by an unblocked player before he even has a chance to do anything. And boom, there goes his knee. Um, So I was told before, I was told it was an MCL, and I saw Eric Williams say the same. Hopefully he doesn't miss – Hopefully it's nothing crazy, crazy, and obviously that could change by the time you're listening to this. But uh, best-case scenario is he is out one to two weeks. Worst-case scenario, I think we all know what that possibly could be. But, man, just didn't understand the play call. You're up 28 to 10 coming out of the half. You have scored in, what, all the past four drives. There's no need to get trickier, fancy. So – there, the, the mindset of taking a shot play at that area of the field is great. I love that. But you don't have to have trick plays to do so. And it seems like for Wiz, that's uh, that's his go-to to, to draw up a trick play at that part of the field. So scrap that before someone else gets hurt. It's not like the plays have ever worked to date. But on the field, man, Gordon was great. Gordon was running determined as ever. He – was breaking tackles. He was finishing runs tough. He was decisive. Uh, decisive Gordon is very good. So 
Um, I know it took a while to get here, but it's tough to hate on that guy now, man. He finished with 10 carries, 61 yards, uh, two touchdowns. He had a long of 28. And, I mean, he just he, – he makes them better. So we will see how that turns out next uh, next week. But, yeah, that those are just getting that sort of production from your first-round draft picks. That's big time, man. The Charger, it makes Tom Telesco look very good by hitting on these first-round picks, especially if um, Williams can kind of show up. Just if he can show up in two of these next games, it just if he just shows up every other game and takes some of the pressure off of Keenan Allen, that'll be big for the offense. Um, so we'll see how that goes. Rivers, Phillip Rivers was on point today. Holy hell, man. So set the single game record for 25 completions in a row. I know Tannehill had the same thing, but that was over the course of two games. Whatever, it doesn't count. Throw the ball more. Rivers started 25 for 25, and then he got hit, and I'm pretty sure it was Feeney's guy who got beat, who Feeney, we will get there, goodness gracious. Um, But he got – so he got hit and ruined the streak, but Rivers finished 28 of 29. On that touchdown to Mike Williams, that ball placement was perfect, man. You can't really throw it much better than that. A couple plays before that, they caught Keenan Allen on Trey Boston on a little a corner route for like 20 yards. Again, his timing and where he's putting these passes is just – it's really ridiculous. Uh, when he plays like – so obviously when he goes 25 for 25, of course they're going to be tough to beat, but – I just feel like for most of the year, he's turned me almost into a Rivers apologist just by the way that he's playing because some of these these offensive linemen, I guess who we'll get to next, we'll just say, some of these guys should not be playing right now. And Feeney is certainly one. But uh, Geno Smith came into the game, went 0 for 3, had more incompletions in once two series than Rivers did the entire game. But, yeah, man, it's good to see Rivers playing at the rate, playing this style while also still throwing the ball down the field. I really like that. So it's not like he was out here taking just dump off, dump off, dump off. He's pushing the ball down the field. And I I like that little play to Travis Benjamin where – there was a little uh, little trickeration going on, as they say. Uh, shout out to Travis Benjamin, actually, today. It honestly seemed like ben- Benjamin was playing for his life. He was playing like his job depended on it. You can you can watch Travis Benjamin and tell me, tell me you've seen him try as hard as he did today. It was almost like they yanked him to the side and was like, hey, man, uh, if you <laughs> If you run out of bounds one more time, you just don't come back. Or if you play soft one more time, just don't come back. He looked a little more electric, man. Uh, Benjamin looked like he had some juice and was breaking some tackles and obviously had that longer catch. But finished with 47 yards, which uh, they will take that from him every game. Um, speaking at some of the other guys, I think that they can do a better job, honestly, of just kind of manufacturing plays for the tight ends. So Gates had that 18-yard play. I think he I think he converted a first down on that one. But if you remember the the 
throw down the it was the throw up the seam to Sean Culkin just off like a play action, I believe it was. Those are the type of plays that they can get with these tight ends. Like you don't have to have a prime Antonio Gates to get production out of the tight end. You can still draw up plays and Rivers is smart enough to manipulate the defense and go where he needs to go. But I I would like to see more of that. Just, you know, changing it up like it was and getting the ball to a Colkin or to a Green. And obviously you're going to have Keenan Allen underneath and on the money downs, but uh, changing it up and going to the tight ends is always a good look. And that's how you're going to have to keep these better teams or um, these playoff teams off balance because eventually they're going to double Keenan or a Gates. So with the offensive line, I just another day is really another day at the office. Uh, Kandichi, uh, Bob Kandichi was having his way early on and often. He finished with, I believe he had three sacks. I think he had four tackles for loss. He had a couple other quarterback hits and I imagine a handful of pressures. He was eating the boys up inside, man. I know that this is not going to be very popular, especially based off the season that he has had. But I, as good as Mike Pouncey is, I honestly think that he would have a more, a better impact at guard, at specifically left guard for the Chargers. So Dan Feeney, if you guys remember, the Chargers were going to put him at center. And he pl- I'm pretty sure he played center in the NFL or at least practiced quite a bit. So, man, I would almost swap those two if you had to leave Feeney on the field. If you feel like he's a better center option than Quesenberry, swap those two, man. Because Pouncey is not going to get beat in pass protection as easy as Feeney is. Feeney is almost a hike, and he's already getting beat off the initial move. Pouncey looks really good in pass protection, but from the center position, he can only do so much. He can only help out so much, and he's always, um, you know, calling out blitzes and sliding different ways. So you can only slide him to Feeney's side so often. So instead of doing that, take the pressure off of Feeney, move Feeney to center, let him be the guy that helps out on these run plays and helps out on these pass plays and isn't directly involved in having to block an athletic defensive lineman like Kim Diche or a Chris Jones, as we'll see next in a couple weeks, or hell, the Ravens have a tough defensive line. So in, uh, to it, um, the Steelers will next next week as well. And um, Hayward. So um, obviously it's too late in the season and that will probably not happen even in the off season, but Feeney has been bad and he has been so bad that it is really tough to hide how, how poorly he's played. And Kim DJ just took advantage of that today. But, I mean, the Cardinals, they were able to get some pressure from a couple other spots, like Chandler Jones. Um, I forgot who he did beat, but they they were they were getting pressure early and enough to stall or at least put the charge behind the chains in a couple of drives. Um, the good news is the Chargers were able to kind of bounce back from those plays. Like I believe the Gates catch came fresh off a sack and converted to a second and 20. So they're able to get big plays to offset that. But these these offensive line issues are not going to go away anytime soon if the Chargers keep on, you know, kind of trotting the same guys out there and hope 
hoping that there isn't going to be or hoping that there's going to be a different result. Keep getting a bunch of Forrest Lamp questions. I think Coach Lynn said something about, you know, how, how he just values Showfield's veteran leadership and a bunch of other soft factors that you usually say when you don't really want to say what you want to say. So, I mean, why can't Lamp play, play left guard if you love Showfield? Because Feeney is not it. But I, from what I remember today, without rewatching it, I know Tevi had a, a block that sprung. I believe it was Gordon on a longer on his one of his longer runs. But Tevi's, you know, inconsistent. But today he looked good, and that's really all you can ask for from a guy who was drafted where he was, or basically the value of his position or him as a player. But uh, getting back to let's get back to the defense here real quick. So. How about that defense? The first quarter, I think they had 108 yards. The Cardinals had 108 yards. After that, they had 41 yards. So after that, they averaged. So I think they had 17 plays on 41 yards. So they averaged 2.4 yards per play, I believe it was. It's something ridiculous something that you just do not see on honestly any level you don't see that at the high school level I never see that so to hold an NFL team to 2.4 yards over the course of three quarters when they have they have good play like they're David Johnson is a very good player he's good to break one a game Christian Kirk is explosive Larry Fitzgerald is Larry Fitzgerald and I don't know, man. It's just uh, I know that they're the Cardinals. I know they have a rookie quarterback, and he wasn't confident and missing their starting tackle, DJ Humphreys. But still, explosive plays happen in the NFL. So to hold them to that uh, 2.4 yards per play over three quarters is really impressive. Um, Hello, I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation, and I want to tell you about my new show, It Seems Smart. It Seems Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seem smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain. Or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission. Or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart. Heading into this game, the Chargers were first over the last seven games in points per game. I think it was 16.6, so uh, 10 will help. 10 will help that number for sure. Uh, They just just get – the ball just seems to be bouncing their way. So somebody asked me last week, why do I have so much confidence or why does it seem like I have so much confidence when I watch them? It just seems like over and over this year, they've been, the ball has been rolling their way. The ball, they've been getting the right bounces and it just seems like, you know, they have, they have what it takes. This is what they need to be. Um, Speaking of bounces and just bouncing back, it seems like we have Jatavis Brown back to normal. So, Back to his rookie year where he was very, very good. And last year, he just he he actually played like half of the snaps, which didn't really seem like it. But 
he um he's been coming to play the last month that's for sure i can tell you that he was tied for Derwin with um the the lead and uh tackles today he had a tackle for loss he had another play where he just like he's running right past guys and blew up his screen his speed man his speed really sets the tone for this defense and kind of um kind of encapsulates just like what what this defense is um they're small but they're fast and they can beat you with that speed and that's how they get off the field early in the season i felt like jatavis was playing real passive and he was just kind of sitting back and kind of going with the flow and just not playing real aggressive. Like his playing style is aggressive, reckless. I'm going to get you. Like if even if I miss the tackle, I'm going to come flying in. Very Adai actually, but um, it work. His works. His technique and just play style works much better for him because he is that fast. And we're seeing that pay off the last month or so. So it, it's really nice to see Jatavis turn in, turn back into that consistent speed threat on the second level. And he uh, he's making a difference, even without Denzel, which is good because was not sure how that was going to go. I didn't know if, you know, he needed, he needed to be the thumper, like he needed a thumper to be clean. So Chargers don't have that. And obviously that is, um, it's good. It's good to see Jatavis. So, we are going to see him over the next month, man. It's, he uh, pressure going to be on him. Going to have some some power running teams, probably each game, and it's really going to be on him to stop Connor Mixon, um, Lindsey again, and whoever the Ravens, whoever one one of the four running backs the Ravens tried out. But uh, good to see JB out there. Um, going back to how we all know he's capable of playing. And speaking of coming back into form, I need to look at this. I need to look at Casey Hayward's numbers because it feels like quietly he has been trending back to the direction that we are all used to. So he doesn't have the interception numbers. And yeah, that's fine. But he had one coverage today where he was against um, Christian Kirk, the Arizona's um, Arizona's rookie receiver. And so Kirk is probably a good two steps, three steps faster than Hayward, but it's his technique was so good that he was able to cut him off and still run with him side um, stride for stride and basically stop any of um, that, that catch. So let's see here, looking at some of Hayward's targets. So it's actually has improved quite a bit. So he has 35 targets, and that was before today. His success rate was 54%. But a couple weeks ago when I looked, it was low 40s. So he is absolutely trending in the right direction. Man, he, he has to. He really has no choice. Next week is going to be huge for Hayward. There is no easy target. The Brown or Browns. The Steelers have... AB, obviously, one of the best receivers in the NFL. But they also have Juju, man. And Juju is a tough cover. And we saw, I think we saw a little bit today. I, th- I want to say they, they will even throw it up to a, that rookie James Washington. But the first two are obviously where Hayward will be locked on. I don't know if he's going to follow AB. I don't know if you want to do that because 
I would not say Michael Davis is a great option against Juju. Still, though, um, Casey Hayward trending in the right direction, getting some confidence back at the perfect time. Hey everybody, it's Neil Patel, editor-in-chief of The Verge. I host a podcast every week called The Verge Cast with my friends Paul Miller and Dieter Bone. We've got a rotating cast of characters from our entire site, which is about technology, how it impacts culture, and how that is all a big cycle that causes us to have a wide variety of feelings that you can listen to every Friday. We've done over 300 episodes in the six years since The Verge has been around, but you only need to listen to one, the latest one, to get caught up on everything in tech news. Vergecast is on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, everywhere else you listen to podcasts, check it out.